Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to When We're Poetic with your girl Storm and your boy Keith. This is a podcast about a black king and queen coming together to discuss and dissect literature. On today's episode, we will continue our theme of reverence to Women's History Month. My co-host and I want to extend an invitation first, Hmm. suggestion if you will, to join us with your morning coffee. I think that'll be a great experience. Our episodes drop the 1st and 15th of every month. That's two days a month where you can treat yourself to a delicious cup of coffee or tea, a gorgeous sunrise, the warmth of your home or motor vehicle if you're commuting, Mm -hmm. while we hang out together and discuss literature that feeds our mind and soul. So if that sounds good, then it's a date. And we'll see you then. All right. So let us start with our greetings. Keith, how are you? I am relaxed. Oh, I like that answer. I am. (laughs) And you? I'm feeling amazing. Yeah? Yeah, very much so. Good. (laughs) What's the last thing that you ate? Tater tots. Ooh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's such a guilty, guilt, lovely, delicious taste. Don't sleep on the tater tots. (laughs) Nah. Because they are... They're bomb. Outstanding. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. How many hours of sleep did you get last night? I think I got six. Hmm. Was that good for you? It was okay. I went to bed late, so I was up listening, what about the quality? listening to records. Oh, so you slept good then? But it was just good. for six hours. Okay. I was knocked right. out. <laughs> How'd you sleep? How many hours you sleep? I slept, I definitely slept more than eight hours, yeah. as as my uh, sleeping regimen um, requires me to sleep oh. enough, yeah, so more than eight hours, um, I didn't sleep that great, I'm mm. still uh, fighting a cold, I'm 98% there, I am 98% there, so I'm okay, I'm alright, I slept alone, There's so, be an A-B conversation you're fine, from you're me fine, to you. You're fine. Tell your immune system to chill out. My immune system got this. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Let us go into today's topic. We will be covering Josephine Baker's 1963 speech at the March on Washington and Alice Walker's poem, Be Nobody's Darling. Alice Walker. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we're going to start with Miss Baker. Um, The speech at March on Washington quick bio. She was born June 3rd, 1906, passed away April 12th, 1975. She's a Gemini for anybody that's interested. Expatriate, lived in France. She is an international superstar, right? Rumor is she received over a thousand marriage proposals, greatly admired by intellectuals and artists. Some examples are Pablo Picasso, Ernest Hemingway, E.E. E. Cummings, right, etc. <laughs> she was nicknamed the Black Pearl, Black Venus, Creole Goddess, a symbol of the jazz era, an incredible erotic dancer. I saw somewhere that someone compared her to the Beyonce of the times, mm. and I just want to clarify, she was bigger than Beyonce. She was not the oh, Beyonce yeah. of the times. Oh, yeah. She was much, much bigger. One of the most popular and highest earning performing artists in Europe. She also worked for the Red Cross and French Resistance. Uh, She was very vocal about racism in the U.S. and would not um, perform for segregated venues. And so we're going to continue on. (laughs) There's so much more Mm -hmm. to this woman. Um, I'm going to start, right? Here we go. Friends and family, you know I have lived a long time and I have come a long way. And you must know now that what I did, I did originally for myself. Then later, as these things began happening to me, I wondered if they were happening to you. And then I knew they must be. And I knew that you had no way to defend yourself as I had. And as I continued to do the things I did and to say the things I said, they began to beat me. Not beat me, mind you, with a club, but you know, I have seen that done too. But they beat me with their pens and their writings and friends. That is much worse. When I was a child, they burned me out of my home. I was frightened and ran away. Eventually I ran far away. It was to a place called France. Many of you have been there and many have not. But I must tell you, ladies and gentlemen, in that country I never feared. It was like a fairyland place. And I need not tell you that wonderful things happened to me there. 
Now I know that all of that all you children don't know who Josephine Baker is, but you ask grandma and grandpa and they will tell you. You know what they will say. Why she was a devil. And you know something? Why they were right. I was too. I was a devil in other countries and I was a little devil in America too. But I must tell you, when I was young in Paris, strange things happened to me. And these things had never happened to me before. When I left St. Louis a long time ago, the conductor directed me to the last car. And you know all, you all know what that means. But when I ran away, yes, when I ran to another country, I didn't have to do that. I could go into any restaurant I wanted to and I could drink water any place I wanted to and I didn't have to go to a colored toilet either. And I have to tell you, it was nice and I got used to it and I liked it. And I wasn't afraid anymore that someone would shout at me and say, nigger, go to the end of the line. But you know, I rarely ever use that word. You also know that it has been shouted at me many times. So over there, far away, I was happy. And because I was happy, I had some success and you know that too. Then after a long time, I came to America to be in a great show for Miss Seifeld. And you know, Josephine was happy. You know that because I wanted to tell everyone in my country about myself. I wanted to let everyone know that I made good. And you know too that that is only natural. But on that great, big, beautiful ship, I had a bad experience. A very important star was to sit with me for dinner. And at the last moment, I discovered she didn't want to eat with a colored woman. I can tell you it was some blow. And I won't bother to mention her name because it's not important. And anyway, now she is dead. And when I got to New York way back then, I had other blows. When they would not let me check into the good hotels because I was colored or eat in certain restaurants. And then I went to Atlanta and it was a horror to me. And I said to myself, my God, I am Josephine. And if they do this to me, what do they do to other people in America? You know, friends, that I do not lie to you when I tell you I have walked into palaces of kings and queens and into the houses of presidents and much more. But I could not walk into a hotel in America and get a cup of coffee. And that made me mad. And when I get mad, you know that I open my big mouth. And then look out, because when Josephine opens her mouth, they hear it all over the world. So I did open my mouth. And you know, I did scream. And when I demanded what I was supposed to have and what I was entitled to, they still would not give it to me. So then they thought they could smear me. And the best way to do that was to call me a communist. And you know, too, what that meant. Those were dreaded words in those days. And I want to tell you also that I was hounded by the government agencies in America. And there was never once an ounce of proof that I was a communist. But they were mad. They were mad because I told the truth. And the truth was that all I wanted was a cup of coffee. But I wanted that cup of coffee where I wanted to drink it. And I had the money to pay for it. So why shouldn't I have it where I wanted it? Friends and brothers and sisters, that is how it went. And when I screamed loud enough, they started to open that door just a little bit. And we all started to be able to squeeze through it. Not just the colored people, but others as well, the minorities too. The Orientals and the Mexicans and the Indians, both those here in the United States and those from India. Now, I am not going to stand in front of you today and take credit for what is happening now. I cannot do that. But I want to take credit for telling you how to do the same thing. And when you scream, friends, I know you will be heard. And you will be heard now. But you young people must do one thing. And I know you have heard this story a thousand times from your mother and fathers like I did from my mama. I didn't take her advice, but I accomplished the same in another fashion. You must get an education. You must go to school and you must learn to protect yourself. And you must learn to protect yourself with the pen and not the gun. Then you can answer them and I can tell you, and I don't want to sound corny, but friends, the pen really is mightier than the sword. I am not a young woman now, friends. My life is behind me. There is not too much fire burning inside of me. And before it, and before it goes out, I want you to use what is left to light that fire in you so that you can carry on and so that you can do those things that I have done. Then when my fire has burned out and I go where it all goes someday, I can be happy. You know, I have always taken the rocky path. I never took the easy one. But as I get older and as I, and as I knew I had the power and strength, I took that rocky path and I tried to smooth it out a little. I wanted to make it easier for you. I want you to have a chance at what I had, but I do not want you to have to run away to get it. And mothers and fathers, if it is too late for you, think of your children. Make it safe here so they do not have to run away. And for I want you and your children what I had. 
Ladies and gentlemen, my friends and family, I have just been handed a little note, as you probably say. It is an invitation to visit the President of the United States in his home, the White House. I am greatly honored, but I must tell you that a colored woman, or as you say it here in America, a black woman, is not going there. It is a woman. It is Josephine Baker. This is a great honor for me. Someday I want you children out there to have that great honor too. And we know that that time is not someday. We know that that time is now. I thank you and may God bless you and may he continue to bless you long after I'm gone. Insane. All right, Josephine. <laughs> All right, Josephine. Let's do this. So this is speech at the March on Washington, which was a protest march in August 1963. Uh, it's also called the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. The purpose of it was to highlight inequalities of black people face a century after emancipation. There oh. were <laughs> there were 250,000 people that were in attendance in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. This was also where um, Martin Luther King Jr. gave his famous mm-hmm. I Have a Dream speech. Um, I love... Still the, dreaming. <laughs> right. Um, I love how she addressed everyone as friends and family. Um, she says, you know, I have lived a long time and I have come a long way. She was 57 years old at the time of the speech. Uh, another part was, you know, that I had no way to defend, and I knew you had no way to defend yourselves as I had. The way she defended herself was to run away to France. Um, and I like that she acknowledged that not everyone has that opportunity. James Baldwin. Has, he sure did. Not everyone had that chance, though, right, to experience that. Um, and then she said, as I continue to do things that I did and to say things I said, they began to beat me, right? Um, and when she said, I do things I did, she wouldn't perform for segregated venues, like I said before. She wrote articles on segregation. She gave speeches at different uh, types of HBCUs. Um, she worked with the NAACP. They actually have a Josephine Baker Day, I think it's May 20th. Really? <laughs> yes, they do. Um, she received calls from the KKK. And so, uh, what was she that was conversation like? It's a- <laughs> <laughs> they trying, they trying to holler. What's up? They, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But she was very vocal in public with her response to them. And then she said she wasn't afraid, and she was with it. Come with it. Come Indeed. through, right? <laughs> um, when she mentioned she was a child and they burned her out of her home, uh, she's talking who's about they? they. Hmm. KKK. No. Oh, let, let, let. No, no. We need to be specific <laughs> about who they is. We are called out racist white mobs. So this is the East St. Louis riots in 1917. She was 11 years old, and there were actual race riots in her hometown of St. Louis, Missouri. So right, right, Lord, racist white mobs killed almost 100 African Americans. The fact that there's so, there's race riots, like... <laughs> I'm always big on context. <sighs> mm-hmm. So whenever there's a historical point of view in regards to something that happened to people of color, there's always a glazing of the actuality of what it is and who it is that did the the deed. It's always they. Oh, white people. It's always them. It's always people. No, it's specifically it's white people mm-hmm. who did these things. So mm-hmm. let's not be let's not say that. Let's not say so, they white people. Let's be honest about what white really neighbors. Happened. They're neighbors actually, right? Oh, but yes. <laughs> And so she's talking about she ran away to France and she had a different type of experience being able to drink water any place. Race relations were different in France. And as you mentioned, James Baldwin alluded to this a lot. Not alluded to this, but also he, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people of color, black artists mm-hmm. fled. Intellectuals, a lot of definitely. a lot of jazz artists, Eric Dofi, a lot a lot of people who just left the country mm-hmm. just and stayed and recorded. And anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, she's talking about that she opened her mouth and she screamed and demanded what she was supposed to have. And uh, they thought that they could smear her. And she's referencing an October 16th, 1951 incident with the Stork Club, a popular <laughs> nightclub, um, in which they refused to. This is this they, is at the height of her people. popularity. White people, most definitely a white man, uh, forgot his name, but refused to have her serve. He really doesn't. And she went to the AACP, sued. 
um, made a big hoop over it. Um, also, she called out someone who was there, an old acquaintance of hers, who was also a columnist in a newspaper, uh, Walter Winchell. Mm. And she uh, basically said he was there and he did not defend her. Mm. It was him, Winchell, that retaliated by accusing her of being a communist sympathizer, which is just as bad as being a communist. And so that charge led to her um, work visa being canceled. So she had to leave. When she said she was kicked out the country, that's exactly what she was. She was kicked out. Right. Um, she had to go. And she did not, let me not say did not, she was not allowed to come back for another decade when after this occurred. Um, so, yeah, they beat her with the pen, right? <laughs> you know, um, I love the reference of that's how it went, right? And she screamed loud enough, they started to open that door just a little bit. Um, and she's saying that when you speak up, you free others. As simple as that, you know. Um, a lot of her stuff is just straight to the point. Um, and, and her saying that, you know, she's going to go to the White House, not as a colored woman, but just as herself, as a woman, as Josephine Baker. She's saying, or she's asking, demanding to be seen for who she is and not her skin color. Um, and, and she's still saying that it's a great honor. So she's still, in terms of, you know, we were talking about last time, black femininity being soft. Like, she's still being soft. She's still saying this is a great honor. But I'm going like this. And I'm doing this this way. Um, and that is, those are uh, my impressions. Well, the themes, I'm going to say, for this. Stepping out of your comfort zone. Right? She was good in France. She could have just chilled in Europe. She had her money. She decided to come back and fight for her people. Right? So that's stepping way out of your comfort zone. From not being able to drink water wherever you want. And then being a millionaire and not being served. <laughs> simply because you're black. Um, speaking up for yourself and others. Um, I love how she mentioned education as a form of protection. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think too many people use it that way. They just simply say to get educated. They tell you it's a good thing. And, and yes, this is nice, but I don't think people are related too, too much to protection. You really are protecting yourself when you educate yourself in a certain way. Um, I love her, the backdrop, where she's giving you, that she's saying she ran away, right? A lot of people did not tell the story that way. They just said that uh, they had better opportunities. They left. They she's No, she's saying she ran away. Like, right. <laughs> she's right. terrified in this country. That's an, a level of vulnerability, again, with black femininity. She doesn't have to bark. She doesn't have to scream. But I can still say, like, this is the story. You know, like, I read somewhere that you're not your story. You're the storyteller. She's simply being a storyteller. I ran away. I was scared for my mm -hmm. life. Um, so those are the themes that I recognize um, and wanted to bring forth. What about you, mm. my man Keith? Mm. What are your thoughts well, and impressions? One thing that, I, that just came to my mind just now, actually, before I get to my, my notes. Um, at the end of her speech, she's speaking about um, she was invited to the White House. And her response was, I must tell you that uh, a colored woman, or as you say here in America, which is interesting how she phrased that, a black woman is not going there. <laughs> this made me think of something just now. All right. Okay. Let's do it. I don't know if you remember or not, but I responded to an article. I think I gave you a, mm -hmm. the response about unconscious bias and how people of color are portrayed in, in, in media here in this country still today. Mm -hmm. This one particular article, I actually responded to the author, the reporter. A journalist. The journalist, yes. Mm -hmm. About, um, uh, it was an article written about a person of color who was assaulted by some white guy in Washington State. But the title of the article was presented as Man is apprehended, I'm paraphrasing, man, Portland man, is apprehended for assaulting black man. So, and when I responded, I'm not getting to what I responded, but in the title itself, um, it, it reads unconsciously biased. Because in this country, when white people do something wrong, or illegal, mm -hmm. or um, just anything to do with illegality, they're still regarded Morally and written, Ill. written in plain words. They're men, they're women. Mm -hmm. 
Our but, women. Yeah, our, our women. But in the context of this one article, and it's like everything else, pretty much, the humanity of people of color is reduced to a color. So when you read it, even though this human being assaulted this black man, mm-hmm. in writing the, the, this, the way that it was described is that this was a man, a Portland man. And they're both Portland oh, men, if you think oh, about it. Oh, right. This was a Portland man assaulted this black man. Because, so it reads like the humanity of people of color is reduced to, again, mm-hmm. someone who is just black. But because he, and it kind of reads like, well, he was black. So he deserved what he got. Yeah. That happens so all the time. So to circle back to what, how she, what she was saying, I'm going there as a woman. I'm not going there as a black woman. I'm not going there as a colored woman. How you say here in America, because mm-hmm. this is what y'all do. That's why I say this is interesting the way she phrased it, how you say in America. I'm not, go- I'm not going there because I, don't, I consider myself a woman. I don't consider myself a, a, a color like they do here. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, let me add to that. And, go ahead. Um, you make a, a great point. I know. That, <laughs> I always make great points. Anyway, Ooh. some of the organizers, <laughs> some of the organizers, um, a lot of organizers of the march did not find Josephine Baker suitable. She was actually the only official woman speaker at the um at the march on Washington, and a lot of them did not find her suitable. Uh, because they did think that she was out of touch because she lived in France. So when she says the way y'all do in America, they found that a little dismissive. They also found that she was too demanding. Like she would ask for too much because of, right, and because of her celebrity, um, because of the her celebrity. And also that Josephine that Baker, we just told you she had, a, for herself. she had a thousand. Just a Negro. <laughs> She had a thousand marriage proposals. She's loved by all these people. So she's bigger than Beyonce. So her level of confidence they felt was not representative of the average black woman in the States. So it's funny that you mentioned. (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned. (laughs) And it was because she was actually great friends because she was already doing work in the States, which they didn't think she was doing enough of. But because she was already doing works on civil rights, she was actually already friends with Martin Luther King Jr. Helps to have good friends, mm. which is what got her on the um, the ticket. Oh, yeah. But there were a lot of push. There was a lot of pushback, and so we, I like that you mentioned oh, that. <laughs> I like that you saw that like she she's speaking like an outsider, but she still is is speaking for black black people. She's still making a space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's room. There's room for that. Um. To combat with it, with these, uh, you know, these people that had different opinions about her being a part of this was mm, there's definitely it could have been black people. It could have been. And you're right. Other people. It, well. it could have been a, a lot of other people, My, but people that were organized. Oh, I'm just gonna say organizers of the march. Um, is what. And again, remember, civil rights came um, before um, women's rights. So there's a lot of <laughs> a lot to to uh, un- unearth so there. It's all about context. So. I wanted to, two things I, I came about just keeping context of her speech um, when she talked about, um, but in dot, 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 in that country I never feared. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, I had, you know. Different experience. Different experience. So I want to keep that in context. In context and honestly, her experience being in this French white society, being mulatto <coughs> and her being half white, not half black, half white. Hmm. Uh, directly contributed to her positive experience. So let's keep let's be real. Notwithstanding yeah. the obvious physical standard of white idealized beauty that she was, very much so. Okay. And um, she was an exotic had, had, dancer, and, right? And, you know, she <laughs> let's you know, put that out there. She she we say performing right. artists and stuff, but she very much was an exotic right. dancer. Um, first no. and foremost, but go ahead. Had she been you know not blue black but just simply colored a bit more. Um, I doubt less palatable in such a turn of century, century period of time. Her, you know, her experience would be a little bit different. Had she not looked that. the way she looked, just just context. Mm-hmm. Colorism is what I'm talking about. Most of you know, my one of the things that my father and my mother used to, they was there up there in age. There was an adage: if you white, you right. <laughs> if you brown, you stick around. If you black, you stay back. So this was, you know, oh this Lord. is this is this is an a, a, a saying 
in this country during that time that pretty much was apropos. Mm -hmm. This is what society was like. Um, and she, because of her, what she looked like, she was able to get able pets. to do yeah. what she did. Most of. So, you know, these wonderful things were opportunities because that's what they were. Uh, were kind of based off of what she looked like, not reducing who she was and what she did. Not at all. But again, this space that's for just, that's just what it is. So, so the other th other part about you know her her speech and I thought it was interesting was, and the truth was that all I wanted to do was get a cup of coffee. Mm. I, I had to stop. <laughs> I'm getting kicked out the country. No, no. Like, and it ain't I, funny. I know, I know, you know, we kind of try to keep it some levity. I mean, what, I, that's the, just my, re, my I, I know. I react. With, I know. Okay. I'm like, I react with laughter, but I be dead ass serious. Okay. Cool. But the asinine backwardsness. Of a person that just want to get some coffee. I just want to get some coffee, but because white society deems mm. that a person that of African descent ridiculousness. Yeah. Because for no other reason. No other reason. Somehow, a my, my <laughs> urine and my Whatever you want to call it, number two is worse. It's better. No, my message was worse. So because of that, I want you to go to a different restroom because clearly mine is better than yours. It's stupid. It is. So it's, you know, just keep it in context of the absurdness of the mindset. And the third thing, you must learn to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. Not learn... Like in picking up a gun, just to picking up a gun, but mm -hmm. learns literally learn to protect what yourself. What that means? You must learn in this society. Learn. You must educate yourself to protect yourself. I think that is. Is that a double entendre? Is that what? Is that? A, is that? A, is that what that means? When you have two different meanings, I, I could be wrong. But anyway, learn and learn. <coughs> so I thought that was interesting when she said that and. It's still appropriate. It's very... You have to be educated. You have to have some level of of understanding about yourself, historically speaking, in general, to be able to, 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 to navigate this yeah. predicament. I think is I thought... And this is 1963, and when you're saying that it's still relevant, like, whew. Oh, we've come a long way. How far we've come. <laughs> Oh, how far we come. I could just, I could have been just reading that today. You wouldn't even have known that. It wouldn't even sound dated. And the truth was, all I wanted to do. <laughs> was get a cup of coffee. Was get a cup of coffee. What? The black man, what's today? Today would be, all I wanted to do was get home. That's a black all man's story. All I wanted story. to do was walk home from work. <laughs> in the snow. Uh, but I can't walk in the snow. In a free country. Anyway. Yeah. Let's, let's, any other <sighs> themes? Jesus. Anything else that stuck no. out to you? All right, so we're going to move keep on. on <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I know. So we're going to go on to our next piece. And our next piece is going to be a poem by Alice Walker, Be Nobody's Darling. Um, she's a poet, author, essayist, activist, born February 9th to 1944, still around. Hey, Alice. Yep. Um, an Aquarius, for anyone interested, and best known for the, the color, color purple. purple. Oh, yeah. Um, her artistry is very popular in the black feminist movement. Um, so I definitely think she's a great pick for celebrating Women's History Month. And here we go. We're gonna, I'm going to read her. Be nobody's darling. Be nobody's darling. Be an outcast. Take the contradictions of your life and wrap around you like a shawl. To parry stones to keep you warm. Watch the people succumb to madness with ample cheer. Let them look askance at you and you askance reply. Be an outcast. Be pleased to walk alone, uncool. Or line the crowded riverbeds with other impetuous fools. Make a merry gathering on the bank where thousands perished for brave hurt words they said. 
but be nobody's darling, be an outcast, qualified to live among your dead. End scene. End scene. <laughs> now, I really, I love Alice Walker, period. But That's I, actually the first poem I ever heard of Alice Walker. Really? Yep. Oh, I, 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 I love. Look into this more. Oh yeah, we well we definitely go down that that road. <laughs> um, so let us dissect this a little bit, right? This is gonna be from her nineteen seventy three book, Revolutionary Petunias and other poems. Um, and her first line, "Be nobody's darling." So I love the intentional way she starts this off by telling you what to avoid doing without a negative statement. That is so alluring to me. I love it when it, um, I'm in uh, I'm into i'm in behavior modification by trade mm-hmm. so it's always anybody could tell you when you're working with children when you're working with anybody um energy goes where attention flows so when you tell somebody don't when you tell somebody no they're, they're gonna, gonna focus more on that than when you tell somebody do so instead of me saying don't throw your your things on the floor i can say put your things here right. that is always a better way to do it so just her starting out the gate she's she's already captivating me mm. right and captivating many people as well right this is a, a great poem and so i love how she shifts that focus to do it this way instead of don't do um and she's saying be an outcast again she's not saying don't go following everybody else she's telling you it's a positive statement right mm. be an outcast um and this is a support she's lending support uh, a supportive statement for people who feel left out who feel, so if you already feel like a crowd, you have somebody, you have some reference telling you to be who you are. You you already feel like that, right? And so this is, and it's also relatable because an outcast can be anything, right? You can be left out of society. You can be left out of your family. You can be left out of class. Like it's relatable to so many people, right? And so she's saying, take the contradictions of your life and wrap it around you like a shawl, right? Be comforted. By the twists and turns of your life story. Don't dwell on the guilt or regret. Actually wrap it around you. You know what I'm saying? Make it make it something that where you draw strength. And when she says to parry stones, right? To to fight against people who will use guilt and regret against you, right? When they when they throw the stones at you. Um mm-hmm. when she says to keep you warm. Um, I'm taking this to keep you centered, to keep you balanced, right? So these contradictions, these things that people bring you down about, you can make it you basically turn your pain into power, right? You you can do that. And she's saying, watch the people succumb to madness with ample cheer. Let them look askance at you and you askance reply. Love lift. I mean, I'm not saying I love the whole poem, but askance is an adverb. Like it means disapproval, distrust. Um, I say this because I had to look it up. <laughs> it means scornfully, right? And so people are looking at you scornfully and, and you can reply scornfully. So on this right. journey, on this outcast journey, um, a lot of times you will be met. You will find people that enjoy tearing you down. And you might have to f- meet that frequency sometimes. You might have to tear into them a little too. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, it, this is a part of the journey. Let it happen. You know what I'm saying? This is this is what it means to walk this way and it's okay. Right? And she's also saying, again, be an outcast. Let it happen. Ain't Let it be. Nobody the best. Hey, I'm hey, 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 so clean, so clean. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, or line the crowded riverbeds with other impetuous fools. Um, and so here we're gonna go a little, little class where you know when the teacher used to be like, take out your notes, cause you know it's gonna be on the test. I would say take out your notes just cause, right? Monotony is used here, and monotony is a noun, it's a figure of speech that consists of the substitution of the name of something or part of it for the thing that's actually being referenced, right? So coming for the crown would be an example of a monotony crown, not really coming for the crown, you're coming for a royal power, right? A pen is mightier than the sword, that's going to be a double monotony, um, metonymy, monotony, <laughs> metonymy, mm-hmm. it's going to be a double because the pen actually does not mean a pen and the sword does not actually mean a sword, right? Pen is going to be literary power. Sword's going to be military power in mo- in many cases. Um, so it's the the not the metonymy <laughs> here is going to be the crowded riverbeds, right? With other impetuous fools and against society class. Mm-hmm. This place where everyone is and you're not because you're an outcast, right? Um, with other impetuous fools, like it's go ahead, go be with them then, 
right? right? If you don't, if you're not going to do this, when she says be pleased to walk alone, if you're not going to have fun being yourself, if you're not going to do this with, with pride, then go ahead, be with the fools. Like, go ahead and go join, join them, the sis. King, go, go and do that, go right? <laughs> if that is what Don't you want to do, right? And she says, make a merry gathering on the you bank. Really right. Make a merry gathering on the bank where thousands perish for brave hurt words they said. Celebrate, my take, celebrate where revolutionaries have stood before you for being true to their authentic voice. So what you're doing and what she's encouraging you to do is to be true to your authentic voice, right? And so make a merry gathering. Be proud of this, love. Be proud of being an outcast. Again, walk with 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 a strong foot be be proud of who you are um and in the ending be nobody's darling be an outcast qualified to live among your dead what a sweet little outro right what a sweet sweet outro she's telling you like to be conscious among the unconscious is a gift and a curse right for the authentic outcast right not contrarians but you you're you actually stick out and you stick out for a reason and this this reason that you're out is both a gift and a curse. And the curse is being an outcast. It's the loneliness. It's the being misunderstood. It's the stones that you have to parry, right? Um, and the actual gift is life. It's actually living. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about be- the unconscious and the conscious, and I know these are like metaphors, and but it really is. There are a lot of people that are just now living their life. And you get to do that when you are doing it privately, when you are walking in the footsteps of revolutionaries, staying true to their authentic voice at the at the face of death. She said they perish. She's just asking you to walk and be who you are. You know what I'm saying? And and people have died for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the gift, again, the curse has actually been an outcast. And she understands and she feels for you, but she's not going to sit there and wallow with you. She's going to tell you it's a gift and a curse. Qualified to live among your dead. You you get to live. You you get to be free and be who you are. That's a different type of living. You know what I mean? That's that's upper level stuff. <laughs> so that is my take on be nobody's darling. It's short. It's sweet. Yeah. It's, it's it's just I love it. Um, again, the the themes in here: radical self love. I'm always with that, right? And I think our people need that because not just love, radical self love. She's telling you, make a merry gathering where those have perished like come on now being true to yourself uh and and enjoying not a physical fight against the world but simply just honoring yourself enjoying who you are loving who you are and turning your pain into power um keith mm. where where you at with this let me know <laughs> well what are your thoughts what stuck out to you what's up i got a couple okay um i took one one phrase since it's a little little Okay. Watch the people succumb to madness with ample cheer. Mm. So, um, because to me, in a person, um, being at peace with who and what they are, um, what they like, what they don't like, accept what they don't accept, they don't really carry that weight of, you know, what someone else's expectations with them, you know, daily. So if a you know person who is confident mm-hmm. in who they are as a person, they don't have to really deal with someone else's expectations, someone else's ideal of how they move and how they are and how they relate and how they think. And that's a that's a burden that you don't really have to carry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when she said, "Watch the people succumb to madness," the madness is everybody who is in that predominant um, group who do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. When you're not in that following. group of people and that following, yeah. you got to worry about none of that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you know that, 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 that's, that's, that, that responsibility and that burden affects a person's will, their mind, their spirit, happiness, you know, et cetera, to a certain extent. And, and if you don't, if you don't have to worry about that, it's just like, you know, you're comfortable with with, with yourself. You're free. And you're, you're, you're very free. Yeah. So, it's, you know, okay. I thought that was 
something like stuck that. out. Uh, be pleased to to walk alone. Again, a lot of people aren't comfortable with being alone. Um, humans do need humans. Yes. If you take a person and put them by themselves in a block in a box, <laughs> they will slowly deteriorate. And they definitely will. This is a fact. They definitely will. I'm not will. saying that. We all need each other. We also need solitude. We are a human from species. Time to time. But it's okay to be okay with yourself. Yeah. If that's your journey. And that is where it lands you. The struggle is being okay with yourself and also not being so affected by what other people think. Almost deaf. Most deaf. It's a balance. It is a balance. So, that's the second one. <coughs> um, what was the last one? Oh, oh yes. Be an outcast. Um, be who you are. <laughs> Shine, baby. <laughs> Being an outcast is 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 nothing wrong with it because, again, you don't have to take it literally. I think being outcast is can also be another way of just saying find your confidence yeah. find your own um, path and in your own self be good with how you are as a human being nobody else is going to like you better than who you who you are for yourself and I think that's what the title is be nobody's darling right be your own <laughs> if you're your best fan right if you're your best cheerleader it doesn't really matter a whole lot what other people really gonna say. It sure doesn't. I can tell you that now. You are already <laughs> teeth grinning and look at you smiling. Yep. In love with yourself. Is nobody gonna be your best fan but you. And not your fine. mama, not your daddy. And that's nobody. Fine. And it's you know. And sometimes you so in love with yourself you attract other people. Yeah. And so that's perfectly fine. I th- from personal experience, if one you get to a point where you feel you are able to just accept who you are as a person. All of the things that make you up as a person. Um, it is freeing. Oh, hell yeah. It is absolutely freeing. It's one of the and, most liberating things I've ever experienced in life. And that journey is can be short. It can be quick. It can be something that a person gets to real early in their life. Sometimes it may take a little bit longer. But if you get to a point and you actually can get there, it's, you know it. It is. You can definitely feel it. All right. So I think we're ready. We're ready to rate this. We're ready to rate this. What are we going to rate uh, Miss Baker's um, speech at the March on Washington? What you got? Um, and I'm sorry. Let me explain it real quick. We have the similar to the five-star ratings. It's going to be five sons. And it's going to be instead of uh, we're choosing five sons to represent a focus on stars that matter to our planet, which matters to us. So how many sons out of five? For Miss Baker, what's up? Because I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with four. Go ahead. Tell me why you were going for. Why? Uh, I'm going to go with four because I believe that um, I, I loved her. I'm more into revolutionary talk. <laughs> so, uh, I actually, when I first heard it, I first read it, I thought she was saying, like, I'm not, as a black woman, I'm not going to, to the White House. That's what I read. I thought that's, that's what she said. But she meant, when like, I first, when I first read it, I was like, yeah, oh, that's how I was. I was like, and then it, when I realized she just meant, like, oh, no, I'm going as Josephine Baker. Um, so, kind of we're a, a little down. different. It, me, it was, I'm going to be honest, it was kind of a letdown. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say I, I, people are different. Me, uh, I want you to see me for my skin color. I want you to see me for I don't mind. You, see me not. for for the people that have come before me. See me for the choice that my mother made. She married. She married a black man. I I want to be what? seen. I'm very proud of all of that. Okay. See so, me for Africa. That's fine. So I'm gonna I'm give I'm gonna give it a four as well. Okay. 
for the partly the same reason. And be to be specific, I mean, <laughs> let's put in again. Let's put, let's put in context. What if she had protested by not going to the White House? Mm, I felt like that would have moved Bruh. the heaven and the stars, and the they should have been kicked out of the U.S. What for another put, ten years. As Josephine, <laughs> Josephine, the the Josephine Baker saying, "No, I'm not going to the White House if I can't bring my people with me." I, I mean, I hear you. It would have been a whole different story. But that is why I personally am going to give it for. I still love it. I still think it's great. It's very hard to find women's and civil rights that voices who have not been erased, who you don't have to go move the mountains to find their authentic voice. Um, so I appreciate it for what it is. Um, but that's going to be four sons for me, four sons for you. That's yep. cool. And so what's up with uh, Be Nobody's Darling? What you going to rate that? Um, I'm going to give it a four as well. Ooh. Why are we going with a four? Um, I think there's a balance. And I, I may, I may be, I may be a little, I don't know, maybe coming off a little bit of a, come off how you want. But, Sometimes there's a balance in, in, in the language of a poem, I think, or even anything descriptive or whatever. Where, what's unbalanced to you? Meaning, meaning, what is? There's a, I, I, I think there's a lot that is left out, but I know that's intentional. Mm-hmm. It leaves it leaves up to the reader to interpret interpret a lot. Um, you feel like she could have said more? That's what you mean? Not necessarily m- more, but maybe, maybe. And, and, and I'm saying, is it, it's, it's is a, it just I, not that I, again, moving? I think that's a balance in, in being descriptive and intentional and telling people what they should be doing. Okay. And then also just um, being um, poetic in getting a thought and letting people decide what the poem is about. So, you know, some people may actually interpret it in different ways, you know, so, but I got it. I think it was still pretty good. I want you. I'm going to go with a four as well. Definitely going to go with a four. Um, And and I think we might be saying the same thing, so I'm not sure. Mm. But I do, I felt like there, I felt like there could have been more said in reference to, I felt like the balance, um, at least, I don't know if that's what you were saying, but in terms of me, I thought, a, a balance, like there was a balance in terms of um, you can still get your point. You can still be among the people. You can still embrace other people. Like when she said, you know, these impetuous fools, you don't really have to. That's just not my approach. I guess it's just a personal feeling. That's not my approach. I don't have to look at you like a fool just because I'm an outcast. I could just love me right here in this skin and I can celebrate that without it, it being like, you know what I'm saying, you look a scarce reply and you, like, I get it, but I usually don't um, typically like to feed into that. Um, I, again, I know it's part of the journey and sometimes you'll meet people there. I don't need a, if you're an outcast, you do not need a reminder of that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the only little bit of part, um, the part of it. That's why it's missing the sun, but that's fine. So four and four, yeah. still great works of, uh, of literature, still wonderful, um, artists in themselves, writers in themselves, speakers in themselves. I love it. We're going to go on to our bars segments, right? And this is going to be lyrical bars that are impressive and fit the theme and, uh, the line is so dope and so prolific that we agree that it gets a mic drop. And we're just going to walk away and leave you there just stunned. You know what I'm saying? Just just leave you with the art. You got your bars, sir? Like, I got you, my bars. You, you want to go first? What you want to do? I go. All right. Let me hear you, baby. Who said the ladies couldn't make it? You must be blind if you don't believe we're here listening to this rhyme. Ladies first, there's no time to rehearse. I'm divine and my mind expands throughout the universe. A female rapper with a message to send... Is that her? Queen Latifah is a perfect specimen. Ladies first. Ladies first. Ladies first. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. All right, I'm going to hit you with mine. It's going to be Joe Budden's 2008, just to be different. Okay. And it's going to be told you, uh, hold on, told me do what you got to do once you on. Hit the scene, make it rain. I told them I'm already in the storm. 
everything's in an uproar whoa they told me front i said what for said it again i said forget y'all i won't succumb to all your stereotypes won't sacrifice me for what the stereo hypes they told me to get in where you fit in this is what's in demand now i told them why i try to fit in when you're a standout and uh one of my favorite songs from joe weddings by the way he used to bring me lots of comfort um so let me see ladies first lady first i'm gonna hit y'all with bars just because i ain't messing with latifah yeah. i ain't gonna mess with the queen like that was dope then and about, it's dope now 1987 man listen it was dope then like i said this it's is dope the, now i'm gonna rock with that and it's definitely uh i'm not gonna say better than what i'm hearing on the radio today but hmm in terms of a message and what i want my daughters to That's hear gonna be going to come on now for real um <laughs> but yeah so joe buttons what's up that's bars hey you're gonna listen to this after this <laughs> i love it i love it so all right ladies and gentlemen let's recap what we've learned we learned about josephine baker uh on the her speech at the march on washington only female uh to officially speak at the march they didn't find her suitable erotic and i want to say erotic you know dancer she was also a spy you know what i'm saying she's amazing civil rights worker activist singer just amazing things um and she came out left france to be here for martin luther king you know what i'm saying they didn't think that she fit and she still came out talking about being a standout and following your heart right and also we listened um we listened to or went over be nobody's darling from miss mm-hmm. walker um who has a lot to say Nobody. more than uh her her movie the color purple right um, but yeah, be nobody's darling. Again, celebrating being a standout. Um, this is celebrating Women's History Month. And last time we were talking about black femininity. Uh, we already know, I already went over it. This is not a popular thing. There's always been an attack on black femininity. So right. don't be afraid to tap into that. Don't be afraid to stand out. Don't be afraid to just sit back and let the crowd move on and continue with the, the diatribe against black femininity to continue with um this this celebration of making black women into black males so to speak with their features with their aggressiveness um you can still celebrate and be soft in your and these are two different types of women alice walker and josephine baker still the same message still the same struggle still something to learn from both of these women um that is the, the gist of everything did you want to add anything to our little recap there yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. What did you want to add, sir? Um, I would like to add that. It's just something to keep in mind. And it, it, it's especially with with uh, Alice Walker's poem. <coughs> um, it's an incredible burden living uh, for everyone else's needs and expectations. So, I would encourage everyone to keep that in mind. Um. And um, be mindful <coughs> of your own thoughts and your own words because thoughts become things. So that's Most my definitely. take. I love it. I love it. I'm going to leave you guys with a quote. 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 Um, y'all know I love Dr. Angelou. Mm-hmm. And she says, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. All right. So this week's assignment is very, very easy. Claim your radical Claim radical self-love as your birthright. It is. Be a standout. And we're going to sign out, everybody. Uh, We're going to say that this is When We're Poetic Podcast. Sending love and light your way. See you guys next time. Peace.